can't get enough of the podcast? Lucky for you, our video IQ platform on adorebeauty.com.au houses thousands of articles on skincare, makeup, hair care, and more. Plus, you can find a heap of video tutorials, ingredient spotlights, and brand breakdowns on our YouTube channel. Just click on Beauty IQ in the menu bar of the website or app or search Adore Beauty on YouTube for more beauty content. This episode contains adult content of a sexual nature, including a discussion with a sexologist about sex and self-pleasure. To skip this discussion, please fast forward to around the 20-minute mark. Welcome, everybody, to Beauty IQ, the podcast. I'm your host, Joanna Fleming. And I am your co-host, Hannah First. So, Hannah, we've got a very special announcement for our listeners today because we've launched a brand new category at Adore Beauty. We have. It is our sex category. And this has been in the works for a very long time. Since it has. I reckon you started. You've been pushing for this category. I know. There's been a few of us that have been really excited about the launch of this category. I think it fits so perfectly in our Adore You range. Yep. Um, adore You. self-care, self-love, vibe. Sleep, all that yeah. sort of things. So, what are we stocking in our sex category? Our sex category uh, there's things like vibrators Mm -hmm. condoms a really great female-led condom brand called johnny yep um feminine hygiene wash you know how much i love my feminine feminine hygiene how long have i been asking for a bougie (laughs) feminine hygiene wash yeah Kate has written a little bit of a letter about why we decided to launch the sex category. We will be linking that in our Instagram stories this week so you can all have a read of that. What she actually says here is, the experience of shopping for any sex-related product tends not to be very empowering or women-friendly. It's always been a bit tacky and secretive or degrading. Can I just say, I so agree with this Mm -hmm. because buying condoms at the supermarket and having to like hide them underneath like with your panty liners? I know. <laughs> so your panty liners and the condoms have to go under all the fruit and veg. Or if you've ever been to a sex shop, had to walk into a sex shop to buy a mm-hmm. vibrator, um, it's not the most empowering experience because you can't actually take the time to read. Like if I stood in a sex shop for like an hour reading the back of every box of a vibrator. That's why I think shopping online for vibrators is like, game changing because yeah. you can like spend your time researching and educating yourself well, it's like how you would buy a moisturizer exactly yeah. it's this it's actually the same concept as mm. as going into a department store to buy skincare. we want you to be able to buy everything that you want in yes. the one place yes so if you are curious about our sex category keep listening so we have chantelle otten who is a sexologist joining us so she's going to actually explain what a sexologist is and what they do and then we're talking all things blackheads and how to treat them how to get rid of them and of course our products we didn't know we needed so i'd like to welcome our guest for today chantelle is a sexologist and what else are you chantelle because i was very (laughs) overwhelmed by all your qualifications at just 28 years young so tell us um well first of all thanks for having me it's really (laughs) exciting to be here so i'm a psychosexologist i work Mm -hmm. with the biggest sexual organ which is the brain i'm also a certified certified sexologist so it's not a regulated profession in Australia and I did my qualifications in Amsterdam Mm -hmm. Um, so I am I'm a psychologist I'm also the director of the Australian Institute of Sexology and Sexual Medicine where there's a lot of sexologists who work with me Uh, I'm a scientist and um, at the moment I'm writing a book as well so hopefully an author by next year who are you I know (laughs) and you were just before we started recording you were telling us some of the things that you do Mm. I guess outside of social media social media (laughs) can you talk us through a few of those things yeah so um 
if we, if we kind of break it down, I do, so I see patients, I see about 16, 17 hours worth of patients a week. Uh, I then, you know, run my clinic as well. Uh, I then travel rurally and around Australia and then internationally to teach medical professionals and um, people in the healthcare industry uh, about sexuality and how to talk about it with their patients. So um, I was saying yesterday I was in Shepparton and I drove back from Shepparton this morning because I was seeing uh, oncology professionals, so cancer, mm-hmm. and uh, talking about cancer and sexuality and how that impacts the patients, seeing patients in the wards. Yeah, because chem- chemotherapy from having cancer does affect mm. sexual organs as well, mm. doesn't it? So it's actually not the cancer itself that causes any difficulty with sexuality. It's always the treatment. The drugs, yeah. Yeah. So I would say like there are a lot of statistics about how much or how many people are affected by sexuality when they have a cancer. And I would just say it's 100%. They'll all have challenges because Mm -hmm. any type of treatment is going to be really disturbing, not only um, from a psychological point of view and your role change and being vulnerable and in pain and also fatigued, et cetera, but the treatment is really intensive. So um, I... The problem is that uh, medical professionals don't know how to bring it up with their patients Mm -hmm. and the patients Mm. don't know how to bring it up with their professionals. So that's my job to go, you know what, it's okay. You have Mm. permission to do that. Yeah, (laughs) that's so interesting. What kind of things do you see patients for? Yeah, so I see individuals and couples and it's really for any questions to do with sexuality and um, I can name a few, like for females, we might have sexual pain, which is mm-hmm. a really big one. Um, vaginismus is a condition that a lot of women have and don't really recognize. It's where the pelvic floor is so tight that it's hard to fit maybe a finger or a tampon or a penis or a vibrator inside the vagina. Mm-hmm. And it, we just need to retrain it. It's actually something that's quite a very easy to fix. It just needs the right diagnosis. Um, this also can be pain around the vulva, which is the skin between your legs. Everyone thinks the vagina is that that kind of block in between your legs, but the vagina is just the hole where the tampon goes or yep. the penis goes. So I give a lot of sex education to people. Um, Are you surprised by how like little they, people know? Yeah, I feel like they need to send you into schools. Yeah. I'm the, doing a sex ed course, which will be available okay. on my website and on my Instagram. Because I feel like that's something that I didn't get enough of in school. I agree. <laughs> Me yeah. neither. Don't I went to a Catholic school and I feel like we weren't absolutely nothing. Mm. It just wasn't. It was like an afterthought. Yeah. I remember sex education at school was like once a fortnight you might have like 30 minutes where you talk about Not even in my school. It wasn't like let's talk, yeah. let's, like it wasn't just like open and yeah. let's like really talk about it. Yeah. Mm. No, we did not. I did, definitely did not have that. We were really strict Catholic school. Yeah. So I don't know. I and, and then I see, you know, so there's pain, there's desire, there's, you know, sexual self-esteem, there's um, confidence, there is you know, uh, challenges with hormones and cycles and, uh, you know, uh, just any kind of any kind of question around sexuality. And then for men, there's erectile dysfunction, there's premature ejaculation, there's performance anxiety, there's just dating in general, mm-hmm. like and people getting burnout from dating apps and all yeah. that kind mm. of stuff and he, he. couples work and <laughs> relationship work. I hate the dating apps. I think it's ruined dating. You know, I'm sending a lot of my patients back to speed dating. I'm like, what? Really? Yeah. Do I need to go back? Do I need to go? I've never I, been speed dating. I just think like for the ones that – so I have a few people that 
you know, have really never dated before. And some of them I've been so proud, especially if they have like other, if they've got mental health conditions, mm-hmm. like that might make them really anxious or like OCD or something. Yep. Throwing yourself in the deep end and going out there and being vulnerable is a really tough thing. And I'm so proud of them. I say, why don't we give it a go? Um, Does speed dating still exist? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Are they still holding speed dating? <laughs> still, I thought that was some... a, like a bit of an older demographic, but like is there people my age, our age doing that? You know, I was talking to, um, so Dylan and I have a friend called Isaac and he runs a bar called Two Wrongs, which is on Chapel Street. I know, that's me where I live. Yeah, Yeah. they do speed dating once in a while. And I was saying to him the other day, you really need to do speed dating again. Yeah, they need to promote it. Hannah will be there. um, Joanna, let's do it. I'm going to send this to you when you need to get your your own ass and get it organized because people want to come. But um, I really want to... Um, I don't know. I, re- I Maybe I'll hold a speed dating event. I you think should. this is like. Can you partner with Adore Beauty? Yeah. Yes. Let's, let's do, do it. Because 100% <laughs> people are absolutely, everyone I know that's on the dating apps, it, are, it's it's like it's ruined dating. I know that yeah. sounds quite intense, but it's not. It hasn't made dating better. Yeah. I think you'd be right in saying that. Mm. So yeah. should we kick off our first question um, about masturbation? Yeah. Um, so the question is, what are the benefits? But really, I actually had my own personal question, which was like, how often should you do it? How important is it? Is and it masturbation or sex? Masturbation. Mm. Um, or I, both. Both. Hmm. I mean, there's no number. You <laughs> it's all about the quality, I think. That's the most important thing. Um, I really think that masturbation is important. I think for females, we really know how, we, we really need to know how to find pleasure because none of us are educated on the clitoris and the clitoris is a really important area. There's 8,000 nerve endings in the clitoris that are designed purely for pleasure. Uh, and really, uh, I, I think a lot of women actually just don't know how to touch themselves and I don't know how we can expect our sexual partners to uh, know how to touch us either if we don't know how to find our own pleasure. I think it's important to still self-stimulate while you are in a sexual interaction with someone else so that you can bring yourself to climax if you want to. Um, and I think especially it, it it is something that will bring a lot of health benefits. I mean, it's stress relief. It's really good for your skin. It's good for energy. It's good for sleep. And, um, you know, masturbation's great. Just what can we great... expect from our skin <laughs> as yeah. a beauty podcast? This is what she wants to know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So the oxygen that comes to your skin through masturbation, because masturbation brings blood up to your peripheries, so your face and your hands and your kind of genital areas as well. And oxygen is very good for collagen promotion, so you'll mm-hmm. get a lot more elasticity in the skin. Um, and Basically, it'll give you that healthy glow from all the endorphins. I was going to say that Sex in the City episode where Samantha masturbates for two hours. Oh, yes. And they're like, you look glowing. And she's like, I just masturbated for two hours. So is that where that comes from? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No, the the afterglow is a thing because there's really amazing endorphins that come out through masturbation. Are there any female orgasm facts that most people don't or many or some people don't know? I think there's heaps. I think it just <laughs> like, depends some. on the person, really. What are your top three that you yeah. would experience in clinic when you're seeing patients that people are like, what? Yeah, I would say that uh, a lot of people don't realise that the clitoris, um, A, if you don't know where the clitoris is, you need to look on 
Labia Library, which is a website, or on OMGS, and and really get to know your vulva area because so many women don't know what a normal vulva is, uh, and that's because we see a lot of male appendages in media, mm. and we never get to see a vulva because it's considered hardcore pornography if we have uh, labia out in yep. media. Um, so we just don't see it, and people think that they're abnormal. They don't, you know, we don't have pubic hair, or we do have pubic hair, and people just don't know what is right and essentially sexuality is individualized there is no normal when it comes to sexuality or the way that you want to I guess express yourself in that area Um, the clitoris is something that every woman should know and every man should know uh, if they are getting with women essentially because it is where you get your orgasms from it's where you get your pleasure from and I think that a lot of people expect to have an orgasm through penetration, whereas 70% of women cannot have an orgasm through penetration. The way if you are having a penetrative orgasm is that the uh, penis or the vibrator is rubbing against the clitoral nerves that are on the inside of the vagina. So the clitoris is a wishbone shape and then it goes about seven centimeters into the vagina on each side of the vaginal walls. Mm -hmm. And then the stimulation from the rubbing and the thrusting will uh, end up in but penetrative only 30 percent of women can do that can do that yeah it's a very small percentage mm. that's a good fact yeah yeah mm. so really focus on the clitoris um 12 of women can't have an orgasm at all wow. and that's okay as well because i mean sex isn't about penetration and orgasm it is about pleasure it's about satisfaction it's about having a really great time with each other And, you know, there are a lot of people with different abilities out there as well. And I think you can have sex in any way that you want to have sex. That's the main thing. Um, Orgasm facts. I mean, orgasm is so good for stress and for sleep. So if you're struggling with your sleep, whip out a vibrator and play around with your clitoris and have a a good time. I know a friend that does that. (laughs) Or like, (laughs) Sorry, just to give you you context, Um, (laughs) we were saying how are we going to talk about when this category launches how we're we going to talk about ourselves like in the first person because obviously our male bosses listen to this so I was gonna be like yeah I know a friend who does that <laughs> that's so good I have a lot of friends that also do like pre-baiting which is where you masturbate before you go to a date or like a big event oh, you know you can get like a bit anxious yes, or like totally you know maybe also if like you're single and you're like a bit thirsty I don't know like <laughs> and you, yeah and we're like, single yeah, we know you know when you go out and you're like oh I just need to get like laid and da 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 and you start thinking and you start getting attracted to that you wouldn't normally be attracted to because you just haven't got laid for a while. Totally, totally. (laughs) I know a friend who's done that also. (laughs) So pre-baiting is a thing. Pre-baiting. This is so interesting. Before a date, I would never think of that. Then you can just like really focus on who you're with and Mm. if you actually like them and what you're doing. So so, um, orgasms reduce like stress. Yeah, and they're a natural analgesic. So if you have a headache... Oh my god! I do get migraines. You do. (laughs) I'm gonna get that one. That's one of my therapy. That's one of my scientific studies that I won an award for. Wow! And it was talking about the benefits of sexuality on headaches and migraines. And I don't know if yours are hormonal or if yours are whatever they are, stress related. But um, usually stress related. Yeah, definitely. Then have an orgasm and. you know, also take a bit of a break, have some rest. But um, it, it helps period pain. It works really well for that as well. Wow. And if you're just grumpy in general, yeah, I would definitely.
strongly recommend it. Are there some women that are able to orgasm on their own with like a toy but then aren't able to with a partner? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Is that quite common? Um, It is common and I think that's also because a lot of people just don't feel that comfortable maybe with a partner at the time or they believe that they have to behave in a certain way or maybe they are waiting for their partner to bring them pleasure I'm a really big believer in demanding pleasure for your for yourself and and knowing how to bring that on and bringing a vibrator into the bedroom with you and um, playing with it seeing it as an extension of your sexual self and encouraging your partner to as well I think that there is just this old like really shocking myth around uh, vibrators or, you know, pleasuring yourself is um, making your usually male partner feel inadequate. Yeah, I was going to say yeah. that's like a... I mean, I, I think that everyone should just have pleasure at any time and uh, the reality is that these are toys that are meant to be fun for the two of you and meant to extend yourself and um you know I, I think using toys on your male partner and them using it on you if you're if you are heterosexual or is a is a really good idea and just switching it up so if someone was looking at our sex category now and mm-hmm. was thinking of purchasing a toy yeah. how would someone decide what to buy for themselves if they've never purchased a toy before i would definitely recommend if we're talking um, about females and they like their clitoral area, there is some really good suction. Oh, my God, um, yes. I know. <laughs> a friend told me. <laughs> They're my favourite, to be honest. They're ridiculous. They're so we, we have one as well. Yeah. Um, I'd never heard of such a thing and I'd read the reviews and I was like, this sounds ridiculous. Like, Oh, it's heaven. And a friend can confirm. I've got confirm. one in my bag downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> Carry it around in your handbag. Actually, I, I love did, that. Yeah. I brought it out at the hospital yesterday and I was like, oh, here, I'll show you this. Um, so is that what you recommend for women purchasing just for themselves? Yeah, I'll, you can use it with a partner too. Mm-hmm. Like use it when you're in doggy style or lying on your side or, you know, maybe you can show each other how you masturbate, etc. Or um, if your partner's going down on you, you can use it at the same time. Um there are also really great internal ones. You can get one that's like a rabbit shape as well, which will stimulate the clitoris and be inside and kind of edge up into the pelvic floor region where you have a lot of nerve endings inside where we say it's like the G-spot. And scientifically the G-spot doesn't exist, but I think it's just where there are a cluster of nerve endings on the inside and upwards towards the belly button in the vagina. Um, so I would just recommend buying... I would recommend buying two, to be honest, one for your clitoral area and one internally and seeing which one you like. Get a good silicon one. They're the best. Don't go for a cheap vibrator because there can be some really nasty chemicals and just like what you two talk about in terms of products for your face, you've got to remember that uh, your genital region is also very sensitive Mm -hmm. and very important and we don't want to change the pH um, of your vagina because you're going to end up with thrush and with UTIs. Getting a really good lubricant is also something that I recommend. So water-based lubricant if you're using a toy or condoms, silicon lubricant when you're just using an appendage or your fingers, for example. Um, So do you recommend using lubricant when you are using a toy yeah i recommend using lubricant with everything okay it's just like moisturizer for your skin but for your vagina you (laughs) want a very good analogy yeah that's a really good analogy love the skincare analogies yeah this has been very eye-opening yeah i've learned a lot me too 
I loved I, this. I'm really excited for speed dating, so mm, yeah. I'm holding you to that. Can you seriously do that? Yeah, I would love. So I would really love for us to like get back to like a point where it's like real life again. Yeah, yeah. like because to me, like for me, just is the chemistry is is in real life, and that's how you kind of feel it. Yeah, absolutely. I think that. We need to learn the art of conversation again. Mm, um, totally. <laughs> and I have a lot of friends that are like becoming single now and um, it's really cool because they're kind of looking to me, they're doing my sexual self-esteem course, which is online, and then they're coming back and going, all right, well, I'm feeling good in this area. How do I get into like the dating area now? And um, they're just taking it easy and navigating it a little bit more. But I think we need to get back to the art of conversation and making moves and being, mm. you know, straightforward enough to say, hey, I'm at a time where I really want to learn and experience and I want to do it with you or I want to go on a date with you or have mm. a free dinner. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us, Chantal. I've really loved this interview. Thank We've you. learned a lot. you very accomplished. <laughs> I feel like we're me. inadequate. Yeah, I know. <laughs> no, no, don't say that. <laughs> Alrighty, now on to blackheads. Um, after <laughs> that change of pace conversation, yes. Um, so, what are blackheads, and how the hell do we treat them? What are blackheads? <laughs> That's a good question, Hannah. <laughs> because um, I've suffered from me and my sister. Mm-hmm. Hers a lot worse than mine. But Ooh, we've both Ruby or Alice. Ruby. <laughs> um we both get but she started using the stuff that we're gonna talk about. So hers yes. have improved a lot. But um we've both suffered from blackheads mm-hmm. for our whole lives. Is that because we produce more oil? Um, it could be. So um blackheads essentially are when like oil and dead skin cells and things get stuck inside the pore. And that black part that you see on the outer part of the blackhead is when that oil um, oxidizes. So it's when the oil is mixed with oxygen and then it turns black Ooh. and that's what causes the blackhead. <laughs> so um, it is pretty gross, but they're kind of normal. I mean, everybody gets them. I yeah. get blackheads too. I, we should stop. I feel like we should stop saying gross and ooh because yeah. it's not gross and ooh. It's just normal. It's normal. It's stuff we don't like. To but be honest, though, I don't think you have any blackheads. I do. I've got one on the just um, one. No, I've, I've got I've, like maybe four. I think I have. I think I have a million. <laughs> my whole nose is covered in them. I don't even think I could count them. Um, so the best ingredient you can use, which we've discussed before on the podcast, is salicylic acid. So that is a BHA, which is an oil soluble um, ingredient. So things you can find that in the ASAP Radiance Serum, the Ordinary um, Salicylic Mask and the Medicaid Blemish Control Pads. So all of these products are very different. The ASAP Radiance is a serum, the Ordinary is a mask, Medicaid are um, little pads that you can use. So all of those are designed to treat um, blackheads or congestion under the skin. Um, so yeah, they're, they're relatively easy to treat if you can get on top of them, but it's just more like when you're squeezing them out, can, yeah, can it's I, just going to fill again. Can you, you know, those little devices that you got when you were young from like the supermarket or something, yeah. those little metal with yeah. them, and you used to push it on yeah. the blackhead mm-hmm. and, it, and all the pus would like come out. Yeah. So I don't recommend doing that yourself at home just because you can cause damage to the skin from doing that excessively. Mm-hmm. But if you go and have a facial and you have extractions, they will do 
blackhead extractions and or properly to how make sure do, they're not damaging how the skin. How do they do a blackhead well, extraction? They actually use a very similar tool right. to that, but sometimes they may need to break the skin. I think I've had like that. that done before and it was really painful. Really painful. Like they were like, I had it done with my peel the other day. Yeah, they were like, it was so painful. like going to town on your face. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but it does get them out pretty effectively. So the way salicylic acid works is that it can exfoliate the in, inner wall of the pore How to clear it, it out. How does it do that? I don't know. It's amazing, but it's really effective for treating um, excess oil production and blackheads mm-hmm. as well. So highly recommend those top three that I've named. Why do you recommend salicylic acid, not a glycolic acid? So a glycolic is a water-based acid mm-hmm. um, and that probably provides a bit more hydration and resurfaces the skin a bit more, um, whereas a salicylic is probably a bit more hardcore than a glycolic. I feel and really is- bad because I recommended to Ruby to use the – because she was like, I really want to – help my blackheads and yeah. I was like oh, I really want to treat my blackheads and I was like oh you should get a glycolic acid oh glycolic will still do something but I probably It'll still keep the skin clean but she actually swapped to radians yeah. I didn't realize that it had to be salicylic and I know that that contains salicylic so hers yeah. she did say she noticed an improvement since using radians well the radians is AHA and BHA which so is why both. I like it yeah because it's a bit of everything yeah and it's also and not- I use the radians and I don't have congestion concerns but mm. I still see really nice brightening results from it so what i did want to ask the ordinary mask salicylic mask for my skin Mm -hmm. i don't think it would be appropriate to put that all over my face no definitely not i would um so would you recommend just putting that yeah so i'd use a multi-masking technique there where you would mask using the salicylic mask on your nose and through your t-zone where you get oilier and where you experience really and then in the other areas i would do the probiotic mask Okay, guys, this is a game changer for me. I've never yeah. done that. I've never yeah. multi-masked. You should because you've got combination skin. I know. So you put sal- the salicylic mask the, through the, the ordinary T-zone. on the T-zone yep. and then do like a hydrating mask yep. around the cheeks. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll try that. Um, yeah, so what about the blackhead? We, the pore we, strips. The pore strips. So I one of the things that I love to do is to put one of those on my nose. I just mm-hmm. forget to do it and then it dries and then you pull it off really slowly and yeah. you just like look at it after. Yeah, it's like so, it's fun. But so satisfying. Realistically, a, um, a nose strip isn't going to be as effective as using an ingredient like salicylic acid on a regular basis. You might get like temporary satisfaction of it and see a few blackheads come out and it's like fun to do with your friends when you have a sleepover, but... In terms of doing that every day, it's not ideal for the skin. Why is it not ideal for the skin? Well, you're kind of peeling something off. Like yep. I just think it's not ideal. Um, so you would recommend how often should you be using a salicylic product? Depends on your concerns. You don't want to go too overboard. I think the radiance is gentle enough that you can use it every couple of nights. Mm-hmm. I like to mix the radiance and the B serum from ASAP because I find that that's a gentler combination. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say you could probably use it every couple of nights. The ordinary mask, I'd probably say once a week and localize that to the areas where you actually have the concerns. And then the blemish control pads, again, every couple of days, wherever you think it's needed. But if you do start to experience dryness, you need to pull back. And can you use salicylic acid products with retinol? I don't recommend it. Um, they're both very full-on ingredients. I wouldn't be mixing the two. So you alternate. Yeah, yeah. That's my – I mean, some people say you can mix them. I'm not really an advocate for mixing acids with retinol. 
So that wraps up our blackhead combo. Hannah, you had a lot of questions there. I know. Oh, I, did. I, did, you, I, I didn't know. even know you had those prepared. No, I know. I just like, I, I think we sometimes put the topic down and I'm like, I don't have any questions and yeah. they just come to me because I do get blackheads. Okay. Well, hopefully that was helpful to all of you as well. So for the product I didn't know I needed this week, we've actually, we've got a theme. We've got a theme. We've got a theme. We've gone back to themes. Um, so tell me what your product is. Okay. I don't shut up about this one either. Anyone who follows me on Instagram or has seen to us be do fair, anything I together. also bought it. I actually yeah, bought it. A lot it of people on, have. <laughs> but I bought it online after you told me to. Yeah. Which. So we're talking about the designer brand's Melodrama brush set. Um, this has 10 brushes in it and it is a great starter pack for anybody who just doesn't know what brushes to buy. I find buying, buying individual brushes can be a little bit complex for people that aren't makeup artists or don't have experience in makeup. This brush set has everything you need. It's got brushes to apply liquid, cream, um, powder, like everything that you need to apply and it's got really good eye brushes as well. Really? The flat brush yes. is so good. So it's got the flat brush which allows you to pack on shadow yes. but then it's got like two or three blending brushes as and well. if you want to beginner's masterclass yeah. on using that brush set. We did one a while because ago. Because I've started using the flat brush within the blending brush. Yeah. Game changer. Yeah, for I know. applying eyeshadow. And most sets I find don't have a good range of eye products, eye brushes. I think what's good about it is if you don't want to splurge on like 20 brushes, yeah. it's 10 brushes. If yeah. you don't want to splurge on 10 brushes. But also it's really cheap and they wash really well as well. 30 bucks? Yeah, I think so. Uh, how do you wash those ones? Um, so I do a deep clean with Dr. Bronner's mm-hmm. um, every once in a while. I'm not going to say I regularly because I probably yeah. should do it more. Um, and then I do like a quick clean with the Makeup Forever instant brush cleanser. And so that leads us into your product you didn't know you yes. needed, Hannah. So for the product I didn't know I needed, it is the Cinema Secrets Professional Brush Cleaner. So funny story, when I first started working at a door, I had never washed a brush in my whole life. I nearly threw up in my mouth. <laughs> it, my brushes stank. Like they were stinky. Oh, oh my God, I'm doing a gag <laughs> like, reflex. No, but they, <laughs> they like smelt like old off rotting oh, makeup. <laughs> and I used to use that on my face and I used to be like, God, they, and so what I would do is I'd just chuck the brush out and buy new brushes. I didn't know you, I actually genuinely did not know you had to your wash your f- I had no idea. And so I also don't like doing the deep clean of brushes because I find that it's such a drainer. So the Cinema Secrets, it's called the Cinema Secrets Professional Brush Cleaner. So it doesn't require any rinsing. It's a quick dry formula. And what I do is I have like a spray bottle. And so I have like my big bottle that I pour into the spray bottle and then I just spray my brushes and then I like wipe them down on like a it comes tissue. in a shitload of sizes. There's yeah. like a big jumbo big boy. The big boy. And then there's a little spray bottle. So you could buy the big boy and the spray bottle. And when you run out of the spray bottle, you could just fill it up again. And it's really good the little spray bottle to take traveling with you. Yeah. I've become obsessive about brushing. Um, I've become obsessive about cleaning my brushes now. Now that I'm thinking about it, maybe that's why your skin has also gotten so much better. Because oh. you're washing your brushes. Because I'm not like. Imagine all the bacteria you're putting on your face. Because of like, do you think that contributes to breakouts? Yeah. It does. Interesting. No, I think I I don't know that that would have been the only reason. I think it could be one factor. But it could be one factor that I – but I didn't 
know that you had to clean your brushes. You really should be cleaning your brushes. If How you wear makeup, often should you be cleaning your brushes? Well, if you wear makeup every day, you should be washing them probably once a week. So I wash them probably once a fortnight because I that's only That's pretty do, good for you. But I only do my makeup like two times so a week. So that's the thing is that if you're not using them every day mm. and you're not just constantly putting them on your face, you can probably get away with a bit longer. I personally do that because I probably only wear makeup twice a week. Um, but it's, it's okay to do those quick, um, you know, sanitizing in between with, um, like cinema secrets and makeup forever, but I like to do a deep clean with proper soap and water. Dr. But what Bronner's. you can do with this is also, um, so I sometimes I spray it, like yeah. do a quick spray for like a touch up every yeah. couple of weeks. But what you can do is you can pour it into like a little cup, yeah. put your brush in and then squeeze it out. Everything comes off. Yeah. They literally go with the cinnamon Back secret to normal. one, and it smells like vanilla as well, so it's actually quite nice. It smells like alcohol to um, me. Oh, I think it has really? a vanilla smell. It smells like oh. fridge cleaner to me. <laughs> Is that bad? Fridge cleaner? Yeah. It smells like vanilla? No. You've obviously never cleaned a fridge. I, I haven't. I just smell no. my mum doing it. <laughs> <laughs> but oh. when I use that, I just get a paper towel and I put, I dip it in the um, cinnamon secrets and then rub it on a towel. That's on what a paper I do. Towel. That's yeah. What, yeah, that's what I do. Yeah. yeah. So that's our little tips for brushes. And um, if you're not cleaning your brushes, guess what? You should be. (laughs) So that's Hannah's piece Spoiler alert of this. (laughs) Um, Please, everyone, go and check out our sex category. Yes. Um, My friend says that Voosh, if that's how you pronounce it, is pretty damn good. (laughs) She had to throw it off her body. (laughs) Thanks, everyone, for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends. It helps other people to discover us. And also, we really want to know what you thought about this podcast. So if you can leave us a review, that would be much appreciated.